I'd like you to take your Bibles this morning. We are normally doing a study on Sunday morning, but because it is a special Sunday, the Sunday we call Harvest Sunday, we want you to take your Bibles and turn to John's Gospel, chapter number 4. The Gospel of John, chapter number 4, this morning in your Bible. Some of you are having flashbacks. When I mentioned John, it's like we were, like last year again, as we spent almost a year in the Gospel of John. But we're going to look at something we really didn't concentrate on when we were in John's Gospel the last time. Now again, if you uh, just came in late, I encourage you to stay after the service. There's a lot going on. This is a special Sunday. What's a Harvest Sunday? Well, again, before... It's, it's, it's a long story, but simply say that um, for the most part, it goes back to Bible times. People celebrated and thanked God for the harvest, what God blessed them with, and, and the crops, and the, the things that they had, which, which supplied them for the following year. And so Harvest Sunday was always a tradition. It was an American tradition as well. For many years, farmers would have celebrations thanking the Lord for the, the good crops they had that year. And so we necessarily do not celebrate Halloween. We do not promote Halloween for obvious reasons because of the satanic origins that go to Halloween, which we're not going to get into today. I know some of you may laugh at that, but that's nothing to laugh at because it does have serious satanic origins to it. Uh, so we don't celebrate Halloween, but we do thank God for his goodness in the harvest season. Now, uh, we, uh, after the service, we'll have all the food. We're going to move some things around here, and you'll be a little uncomfortable, but... Uh, you, you meet somebody you, did, you never met before. Fellowship, talk to each other while things get set up. And then we're going to dive in and eat some wonderful things that the church folks have prepared or you had delivered here. And so it's going to be a great day. And I trust you'll make a day of it. Don't worry about the Jets and the Giants because that's just its going to be a horrible game. It's just, just, just the, the battle. I'm a Giant fan all my life, but it's just like, you know, can this... It's, it's like watching who wants to lose more than the other team is what it comes down to. And uh, the Giants will win because the Jets will always be the Jets. But uh, it's just, don't worry about that game. And if you're worrying about the Dallas game, then we're praying for you that you'll get your heart right with God and, and, uh, and, and, and not be so evil with, with satanic teams. Now, uh, but we... <laughs> I'm looking at certain faces around here to see what, see what kind of reactions I'm getting. I got two guys right now, but uh, and I, the rest of you are just praying your wife don't rat you out. Now, so don't worry about what's going to go on uh, with any of those sporting events. We're here, and uh, we're going to have a great time in the church. So we do want to spend the next few moments looking at the Word of God. And I want to preach something. I hope it would be an encouragement to you and a blessing to you. My life is kind of on hold right now. I can't do a whole lot of things with my knee. As I, and I can appreciate your prayer for us. We had the knee surgery. It's four weeks ago on Thursday. And we are making great progress. I can do stairs two at a time, but I just choose not to do it because it is painful. And I don't feel like crying in front of the church. So in pain anyway. So I took them one at a time just because it's less painful. But... We are making great progress. My wife and I went to the park yesterday. We walked over a mile through the park, and she was cracking the whip the entire time, yelling at me. So it was, it's encouraging. And so we are, 
You don't believe that, Crystal? <laughs> and so we uh, had a good time. And so we are making a great progress. And uh, we go back to therapy tomorrow again uh, as we're moving me along and getting me back to where I got to go. So it's, 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 a, it's a solid three-month recovery. And we're only one month in. So praise God for what we're able to do right now. Amen. The doctor did say, the PT man said that I am slightly ahead of the game, which is encouraging. So we thank the Lord for that. In John's Gospel, chapter number 4, we start reading in our text here in verse number 31. Four, chapter 4, verse 31. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith to them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye that there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest? Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And therein is this saying true, One soweth, another reapeth. And I say unto you, and I say, and I sent you to reap, that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all things that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this indeed is the Christ, the Savior of the world. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful that we can come together today. We thank you for the folks that have gathered to come apart from the world for just a few minutes to fellowship and to hear from heaven. Lord, we're thankful for the local church where believers can gather to get apart from the crazy that's going on outside. We ask, dear God, that this service today and all that goes on would be a blessing. And that, Lord, you'd guide and direct. Lord, we would desire a bigger building, but, Lord, this is what you have given to us. And we rejoice and thank God that we're sitting here safe, we're comfortable, and we're dry from the rain. And we are uh, comfortable where we are. Thank you for the many blessings, the children, the young people next door in that facility. Thank you for that blessing and giving us that opportunity. Bless now to meet the needs of this hour. Speak to every heart. If anybody doesn't know Jesus, help them understand the gospel and be saved. Help those who are hurting, those who are discouraged and depressed, those who are lonely and brokenhearted. Help those who are wearied and troubled with fears, not only at home, but maybe watching things around the world. Bless this time and this hour now. We love you and we thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to preach to you on the subject of the harvest. It is Harvest Sunday. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ in this chapter has made a special detour in his plans. He has traveled to the city of Samaria. He's told his disciples, we must needs go through Samaria. It was not on the way, but out of the way. And he's going to this city in the land of Israel. And Samaria has a long history in Scripture. It was a city that is was given over to idolatry. The Jewish people that lived there intermarried, and so they had become 
intermingled with Jewish and Gentile blood. They did not protect their bloodline as God had told them to do. And so the Samaritan people were what we would label, and it's a bad label, but it's a label nonetheless, called half-breeds, half-Jews, half-Gentiles. And so the Jewish people did not like them because they were of mixed blood. Uh, the Gentiles did not like them because they were of mixed blood. And so the Samaritans kind of hung out together knowing that they were ostracized and, and hated by both groups of, of the world. But I want you to understand something, that Almighty God does not look down upon people because of their blood and where they're from. God looks upon people and sees them as people that need saving and sees them as somebody that he loves and died for and, and paid their sin debt. And so he tells his disciples, you know, it's, it's necessary, it's important that we go through this city of Samaria. Why? Because there's people there that I love and I want them to hear the saving message. And he makes it a, a special detour and he goes there and he meets that woman at the well. And we know the story and we want you to understand that again, I'm not going to go over it just briefly, that this woman who's at the well is a sinful woman as the world would call her because the way she's lived her life and how she's conducted her business and all the uh, things she has done, she's been very immoral. And she's been married five times, divorced, and now she's living with a man who is not her husband and she meets the, the Lord Jesus Christ and they strike up a conversation there and, and he tells her, go call your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. And she says, you said right because he who lives with you now is not your husband. And she understands that somebody special is sitting there with her. And he said, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for living water. Because they're at the well. He's already asked her for a drink of water. But she, he says to her, if you knew who I was, you would ask for living water and that you would... Had this living water, you would never thirst again. And of course, she desires this living water. And in the process of the conversation, this sinful woman, this woman of Samaria, who is, by the way, here's a city that is hated by the world. And here's a woman that is hated by the world but, and also hated by her own city. You talk about being on the outs on the outs. And who does Jesus go to? <laughs> the, the, the worst of the worst, amen? In your Bible, you have a lot of the worst case scenarios. Oftentimes I meet people, they say, Pastor, you don't know how much things I've done, how bad I've been. Uh, no, I don't, but I know there's a lot of bad people in the Bible, and Jesus saved every single one of them. Every single one of them found salvation, grace, and mercy through Christ. And God's not weighing how bad it is. He's letting you know how much grace he has. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Wherever there's sin, you can always find more grace, my friend. Don't ever forget that. That's Bible. And so this woman who is hated by everybody but loved by God comes to faith in Christ. And she runs into the city to tell everybody about the Messiah being at the well. Now during this conversation, the disciples have gone into the city... And they've gone into the city to buy lunch. Now I want you to understand, these are 12 men who are supposed to be preachers. These are 12 men whose job it is to tell everybody about Jesus Christ. But these are 12 men who this day were single-minded. Their, their main focus was lunch. They were not worried about telling anybody in the city about who was outside at the well. Their worrying about was, where can we find a good delicatessen? I mean, we want a good pastrami on rye, amen? And you want some good corned beef, and, and make sure it's a good kosher pickle, amen? 
And if you don't like that stuff, we also got problems. Amen. My, it's my goal. To, there's a good, I, I haven't told my wife this, but there's a, there's a good deli in Livingston. I'm going to go up there this week. We're going to go there this week, sweetheart, and get some, I've been craving some pastrami. We're going there this week. And so, uh, and uh, so, amen, that's going to be a hot date for you and I. Now, now, so, they're going in looking for this, these sandwiches. And they never tell anybody about Jesus. Don't tell anybody. And so when they're coming out of the city, the woman is running into the city. And they're seeing Jesus sitting there. And they're like dividing up the food. And they're like, uh, Master, aren't you going to eat? He says, yeah, I'm not hungry. And I'm like, Dude, you guys, we didn't forget him, right? We got 13 sandwiches, right? We, we, we got all the No, no. You guys don't understand. See, you guys missed it. You guys were focused on the physical. That's all you guys were focused on was the physical. You're worrying about food. You're worrying about sandwiches. You're worrying about whether they got the order right. And, and you missed what you're really supposed to be doing. You missed what, I'm supposed to, what I called you to do. You guys were fishermen, and I called you to be what? Fishers of men. And you're in the city worrying more about sandwiches than you are about fishing for the souls of men. Now, I want you to understand, guys, I, I, I was out here talking to a lady, and she's right now inside that city telling everybody about me because she's got her mind on spiritual things where your mind is supposed to be, what you're supposed to be thinking about, but you're not thinking about those things. And in a matter of minutes, <laughs> the entire city's going to come flooding out those gates and come out to this well, and we're going to have a, a time out here. And I want you guys to start getting your mind spiritually minded to deal with the, the flood that's about to happen. And it's a flood not of the physical but of the spiritual. Because he tells his disciples in this verse, in verse number 35, Say not ye that there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And so what does he mean? Look. He said, look, look at the city, guys. They're coming out. One sinful woman goes into the city and now everybody's pouring out of that city to hear whether she, what she was saying was true or not. And he says, I want you to look at those people and I want you to look at those people not as people, but I want you to look at as, as souls, as individuals who have an eternal soul that's going to spend eternity somewhere. I want you to think of them as as a harvest, as wheat that's ready to be harvested. And how awful would it be for a wheat field to, to stand there and nobody to harvest the grain, but to, to let it rot. What a crime it would be to think of all the people that could have been fed if the wheat was not harvested. You guys, look at, look at all those people. They're like wheat. And I want you to ever, anytime you go somewhere, this, I do this all the time, whether I go to a, a stadium, whether I'm in an amusement park, no matter wherever I am with large crowds, I'm always thinking, how many of these people know Jesus Christ? How many, if the, the Lord was to come, would, would, would this place be moved at all? Because everybody in this place, it's whether it's whatever stadium you may be in, whether arena you may be in, it's filled with people for whom Christ loved and died and that need to hear the gospel message. Now, of course, there's times and places and, and, uh, for witnessing and, and doing it, but 
in this case, these men had perfect opportunities to go there. He says, I want you to notice the labor. The harvest is ripe. In other words, the task is urgent. Fruit uh, is only ripe for so long on the trees, and then what happens, it begins to rot and falls on the ground. My neighbor has a, grew some fruit trees in their, in, their, in their yard, two houses down. I was walking by one day, and I noticed that the, they're nectarines. I said, man, that tree is filled with nectarines. Her husband planted them many years ago, and the dear man passed away. And I'm like, nobody's harvesting these things. So I knocked on the door. I said, excuse me, where's the owner? She said, well, she's in her, in her apartment. I went to her apartment. She didn't answer. And I came back. And then the other lady said, what do you want anyway? I said, well, I live two doors down, and I know the owner. And I said, you know, I got this fruit on the tree. Is it all right if I help myself? <laughs> Can I have some of the nectarines that are growing? She says, yeah, I guess you can help yourself. No one else is touching them, so I got the, the ones I can, but all the really ripe ones were up high, so I went on my phone, made a few clicks, and I got me a fruit-picking pole, amen? And, and so I'm out there popping them things off the tree, getting the ones that are way up high that nobody can reach because I said those things are the really red and those nectarines up there are absolutely right and those things were delicious. I had a wonderful time in my neighbor's backyard picking on their fruit tree. But I noticed a lot of those nectarines had fell off the tree, landed in the driveway and rolled down the driveway and were laying in the middle of Davis Avenue just rotting away and were never put to use for what they were grown for the purpose of, which is for eating. God made them to eat. They're not going to grow seeds in the middle of Davis Avenue. The seeds aren't going to plant out there, but they've gone to waste. And it's like a soul of a man that nobody ever went by and told him about Jesus Christ. It's about somebody who, who lived and died, and that nobody ever took the time to tell them the gospel message. Harvest time is a short time, so the workers must go during that time and harvest while it's, while it's there. But these disciples, their minds were not on those things. They were not focused on Christ and the mission of salvation. And the church of Jesus Christ is to be focused on the mission of Jesus Christ, which is salvation. If the church does not tell people about Jesus, there's really nothing else for the church to do. We're nothing more than a glorified club and no different than any other clubs in this town. Our goal is different because we're telling somebody how they can have an eternity in heaven and have their sins forgiven and have a joyful life, by the way. And how marriages can be helped and restored through Jesus Christ. And how children can be helped and blessed through Jesus Christ. And, and how single people can find the, the right partner in life if they just look for one who loves Jesus Christ. Life's a whole lot better with Jesus Christ. It used to be the slogan years ago, things go better with Coke. But uh, as you get older, you realize Coca-Cola ain't what it's all cracked up to be. But things do go better with Jesus Christ. The, the, their minds were, were concentrating upon the world and, and, and sandwiches, and they were not concentrating on the, the, the person who was selling them the sandwich. Where is this person stand with God who's waiting on me? And, and, and do they know God? They may know about God, but do they know Him personally? They had not yet learn the great warfare being waged between the physical and the spiritual concerns of life. And, and men are often focused on the physical. Too often people have been blessed with good things and they don't understand the blessing they really have. And they 
looking for something else in life. If a person has a family, they don't understand just how blessed they really are. Because a lot of people in this world don't have a family. I was reading something online the other day that more than ever, people are suffering from loneliness in this world. Can you imagine with social media and the internet, yet more than ever, people are lonely. That's a sad fact. And when we give people Christ, there's a cure for loneliness. I like what my friend said. My friend lost his wife. She passed away. And I was sitting with him one day. I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm all right. Because I have moments. He said, everybody's worried about me. Everybody's trying to fix me up. He said, I want you to know I'm, I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. What do you mean by that? Well, he had Christ. He had Christ. Now, he's never married yet, and he's still waiting and still loves his wife. And in time, maybe he will look somewhere else and, and, and for, for a wife. But in the meantime, he, he's doing what he has to do. People have been blessed with a lot of wonderful things, and yet they squander it. They don't realize the riches they have in their own home, in their own family. My friend, Christ came that we may have life and may have it more abundantly and enjoy the things of life. And so when we have Christ, we, we have really so much more than the world knows about. Now, in, these th in this story, again, I, for the sake of time, I do want to hurry. I have a lot of notes here I put down, try to remember everything. But in, in this story we see here, the Lord takes the, the, the urgent task here of men, these, the fields are white to harvest. Everything we're going to eat today, no matter what we eat, whether it's somebody brought dessert, somebody made some chicken dish, Eric, you said your mom bought hot tamales. Amen. So, you know, we're, gonna be, we're doing good in the neighborhood today. And, and I understand there's fried chicken. So we just call it a day right there. Amen. You got tamales and fried chicken. A man ought to thank God and just wait for Jesus to show up. You, you, you've done everything else. There's nothing left. But all this was, whether it was produce as far as fruit and grains, and vet, that was harvested by somebody. The animals were taken care of by somebody until they were taken to slaughter and then prepared for us to, to dine on. Somebody harvested all these things to make it possible for us to do what we're going to do today to enjoy all that we're going to enjoy today. And even when you leave here later and you go home and look in your refrigerator, you look at things in your refrigerator that somebody did something that make it possible for you to have those things. Well, my friend, what really is important beyond the physical is the, is the spiritual. If you're saved today, truly saved and born again, you understand it's because somewhere along the line somebody took the effort to reach out to you and give you the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even if you got saved reading a gospel tract, somebody left that somewhere. Somebody printed that. Somebody paid for that. Somebody put effort into giving that gospel tract, that Bible, to make sure it was still there for somebody else to come along to read. And whether you knocked on the door of somebody or, or somebody at work has been witnessing to you for years on end or some schoolmate. And how many of your classmates do you know that you sit next to in school all day long and yet you never told them about Christ, never invited them to church? 
Don't you see them as Christ sees them as somebody that is a, a white and ready to harvest? Somebody who's ready for eternity? One never knows when eternity may roll around. I often think of this year, you know, the things that stick with you in your mind, and I don't like bringing it up for many reasons, but when we were a sophomore in high school, this time of year, October, a young girl in our class was murdered. She left a youth activity from First Baptist Church and never made it home. And they found her at the bottom of Bergen Avenue when it was a dead end. Most of you just know Bergen Avenue being wide open, but before Walmart, that was a dead end. You went to the Black Bridge down there, 50, 50 yards after that, a pavement, and then dirt road, and then a wall of weeds. They found Karen under that black bridge. They found the guy eventually. It's always the guy that wants to help the police. Some friend of the family who did atrocious things. It shook our whole class. But Karen went into eternity. Another young boy we went to high school with took his own life and hung himself off the, the Jones Bridge on Kearney Avenue, off into eternity. It's a sad, tragic thing to take one's life. Your life is precious, my friend. Don't ever think about wasting your life. It's a gift that God has given to you. And, and no matter what you're going through, it, it will pass. Don't ever think about wasting this gift of life that God has given to you. It's precious. And, and Satan tries to make life cheap and worthless, but God says it's precious. It's precious. Look at these people coming out of the city. You see how precious they are to me? That's why we must needs go through Samaria. Not just that woman. She's just the tip of the iceberg. But I wonder, that whole city needs to hear the gospel. And again, we think about Samaritans. In Bible days, they thought Samaritans, lousy people. Jesus said, no, they're, they're people that need saving. And, and the Christian in the 21st century, when he hears the word Samaritan, what's the first word that pops into your mind? Good. The good Samaritan. Jesus changed that whole thing around, did he not? Amen. You can't judge people just by where they come from. People used to judge me by my brothers. My brothers didn't live good lives. My brothers lived bad lives. My brothers did things. And they put us always in the bunch. Growing up, I had, again, three older brothers, so every teacher I had always hated me. <laughs> <laughs> because they had my brothers. And so Swikowski was like, <laughs> and so I'm a nice guy. I really am. If I had friends, you can ask them. And so it's, I got picked on because of who my brothers were or lumped into some how my brothers acted instead of taking the person who, for the individual that they are. And so Jesus sees these people, and, and, and the vision is evangelism. Let's reach somebody with the gospel. The Samaritans are flowing out of that city probably in their long robes and, and, and Jesus sees, sees them pouring out and he compares them to the, the wheat fields, ready. And these people were, were thirsty. And by the way, you never know who is ready to hear the gospel. We knocked on a door. We were not knocking on doors one day. And after a while, you, you, you kind of get cold. You kind of get cold. Let me just go to the mall. 
Hi, we're from Gospel Life Baptist Church. We're here telling folks about Jesus. We're inviting you to church. You go to church anywhere? No, you don't go to church? Okay, let me give you a gospel track and slam the door. Okay, thank you. And you, and you kind of go on your way. One day, Nathan and I were out soul winning. We knocked on the door, and a young lady came to the door. And Hi, we're from Gospel Life Baptist Church. And Nate's going to the, the spiel. And, uh, and we're ready to walk away. And the girl said, no, wait a minute. Wait, 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 come, come back. I was like, <laughs> come back. And so we stood there talking for a long time. And we said, well, tomorrow's a big Sunday. You can come to church tomorrow. And, you know, she came to church. And she's been coming to church. She's been here for a long time. Right, Miss Angela? <laughs> and so you never know <laughs> who's going who's gonna to stick. And I'm thinking, you know, and I'm just like, here we go. Another Saturday. Let me, just, let me get this over with. <laughs> let me do my time. And just, but you never, and we've had many people throughout the years. One lady, um, Esther, I remember Esther came here many, many years ago. Esther, again, uh, where'd she go back to China? Or was it China, I think? China, Korea? Was it Korea? Yeah, she, Esther went back to Korea. She moved back to Korea and she left. And, and we've had many people like that throughout the years come just by door knocking. A lot of people got saved through door knocking. You never know what God's going to do. We have to see people who are thirsty for God. We have to sense. The, uh, the, who they are, emptiness and loneliness. So there's, people are out there with all kinds of problems. And so there is the getting between the physical and the spiritual. There's the idea of seeing people and, and the harvest that's involved. And very quickly, I want you to see the reward, the reward in all of this. He says in verse 36, And he that reapeth receiveth wages. And gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. My friend, you may witness to somebody and nothing may happen. I wrote about this in the church newsletter yesterday, and, and maybe you read it, maybe you didn't. But I, I got a phone call from a young girl. I guess she's not young anymore. She's probably in her 40s. I guess that's still young. Amen. And, uh, but she used to come here when she was a teenager. And her and her sister were crazy. I mean, it was, it was wild in here. And, and, and those two, and, and they, they knocked down, drag out fights and cursing each other out. They came from a really rough family and, 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 and an alcoholic family, and it was just rough. And they come here, and I'd preach to them, and I was just 19, 20 years old at the time, and preach to them. And, and sometimes they'd listen, sometimes they'd start fighting while I'm preaching. And it was just, and I was dealing with street kids. These were street, street kids. None of these were church kids. We didn't have any parents sending their kids because we didn't have any parents with kids to come to church yet. These were street kids. And so we reached the street kids. And so they need Jesus too, amen. <laughs> and so we, we reached the, the, all these crazies out there with the gospel. And uh, they get to high school and they disappear and they move on. And many years ago I had to do a funeral. I didn't tell this part of the story for sake of time, but I was doing a funeral. And sometimes when you do a funeral, you, you look at faces, you say, who's interested, who's not interested? Who's trying to get this, wait for this to get over with and who wants... And one face in the crowd was sitting there staring at me, smiling, and going like this. And this girl looks familiar. I'll concentrate on her because she makes me happy. Everybody else is like. <sighs> you know, so, that's, that's just, you know, and so let me concentrate on the happy person because that's the only thing I got going for me. With her. And so after the service, she comes around. She goes, Pastor Matt, do you remember me? I said, you look very familiar. I'm Kim. Kim Stones. I said, I remember you. She said, I want you to know I got saved years later. 
And I, and I want to thank the church, Gospel Light, because my spiritual journey started there. I didn't get saved there, but it started there. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. All I did was sow a seed among some crazy teenagers that I thought were not paying attention. But in their crazy, the seed hit some soil and it took root. And a few years later, as they grew older and in their 20s, when their brains came back to them, they started to pay attention. And that girl got saved, her husband saved, and her, and her children are saved, and, and they're serving the Lord out in Pennsylvania. Why? Because somebody along the line sowed, and somebody watered, and, some, and then it gathered in. Don't ever get discouraged because well, I only got, I don't, nobody ever gets saved. You don't know what God's doing in a person's life. You never know what God's doing. And I've seen this time and time again where you think you're talking to somebody and it's like bouncing off a wall, but you never know what God's doing in their heart. Because everybody puts that wall up. Everybody's got the shields up where, you know, we done? Because you're getting through and they don't want you to know that you're getting through. And then they walk away, and then when they're alone at night laying in their bed, and the Holy Spirit of God says, do you think I think about that? You, uh, you paid attention today, what was said? Because everybody gets alone with their thoughts. And that's when the Lord will work on you and deal with you. And so my friend, the, Jesus is telling the disciples, now, listen, guys, <laughs> you went to the city, you didn't do anything. <laughs> but that lady went in, and she spread the word. Now they're coming out. She sowed the seeds and in there. Now we're getting ready to reap a harvest. And you guys can have part of that. And so you guys can take some of these people individually. They're going to listen to me preach and talk. And, and, and many of them people, the Bible says, are going to get saved. The Bible tells us this. Many, verse 39, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all things that I ever did. An entire city comes, to, not an entire, but almost an entire city comes to faith because one sinful woman went in there and told people, come meet a man who told me everything about me. What do you mean? The Messiah's out there. I just met the Messiah. What do you mean the Messiah? We ain't going to listen to you. No, he told me everything about my life. You serious? Yeah, come on out. All right. What we got to lose? And so an entire city goes out. And so again, it's the idea of, again, we reap, we sow seeds, and we don't know when we're going to reap, but, and, but we trust that the labor, trust God with the labor. And the laborer has the privilege of being chosen and sent by God himself. We've all been given orders by a boss to do something. And sometimes our bosses are good people, and sometimes our boss may be there because he's the, the owner's son. <laughs> No offense to any owner's sons here. I went to a, one office one time, and there was a sign on the desk by the secretary. I said, do you want to talk to the boss or to somebody who knows what's going on? <laughs> so I said, let me, let me talk to somebody who knows what's going on, because sometimes bosses are clueless. We have a boss in Christ who sends us. Our boss knows what he's doing. He sends us to labor. Carney, Harrison, North Arlington, this entire area is our labor field. 
And no matter where you go, you are to labor for Christ. And many people believe because of that. We've had people come to church who are in foreign countries now because somebody in church invited them here while they were here in this country. Now they're in foreign countries. we got Fola in, 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 in horrible Nigeria. And he's there with his family. But he came to church here and was serving the Lord while he was here for a short time. So he went back to Nigeria. It's a, it's a bad place, Nigeria. Christian persecution is horrible. and You never hear about it on the news, by the way. But they, there's a slaughter of Christians going on by the hands of the Muslims in Nigeria. But they're serving Jesus faithfully over there. Thank God for them. Pray for them. And so these believers begged for Jesus to stay because they wanted to learn more. They, 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 they had a friend who and, and, or needed to hear, Jesus, can you come into the city and tell my friend who couldn't make it out here today? Oh, my friend, if we can just tell people about Jesus. Because everybody needs to hear the greatest story ever told. There's, nothing, no, there's no other story like the story of Jesus. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. What a wonderful song that is. Because it's a true song about a true story. Let me tell you the story of Jesus. Now he died on Calvary's cross and rose again the third day. That any sinner, no matter how bad they are, may come and have their sins forgiven and be given the gift of eternal life and have a friend who will never leave them to the darkest of hours. He'll always be there. So, my friend, we have a harvest. It's Harvest Sunday. But the fields are always white unto harvest all year long, not just in the fall or spring seasons, but every day is a day to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. I'll brag, I'll close with this with William. William's here. We're sitting in the hospital with William and his cousin. Was, he was your cousin, right? And his cousin was sitting there, and we're talking, and, and, I, and I guess I, I wasn't a good preacher that day because all of a sudden William says, Pastor, why don't you tell my cousin about Jesus? Let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> I just, I was so concentrated on William here. I wasn't concentrated on the person, but William was concentrated on her, Amen. William was focused on her, and we gave her a gospel track and shared the gospel with her and prayed for her. What's her name again? Priscilla. Priscilla. Pray for Priscilla that she'll come to faith in Christ. Man, it, so Pastor, can you come to my house? I said, yeah, I'll come to your house. He gathered his entire family, his, his brothers, two brothers, sisters, mother and father. He sat them all down in the living room. Pastor? I said, yeah. He goes, preach to them. Well, Lord, what am I going to do? I want to preach to him. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, let me, let me, uh, so I took my Bible. I said, let me tell you about Jesus. And they all sat there and listened to me for about 10 minutes as I shared the gospel message with them. And they all, they didn't get saved right then and there, but they heard the gospel message from some brother who was concerned about him. Amen? So listen, if you send Jorge to the house and you say, send the whole family down to Maybe seem odd, but we'll, we'll go ahead and give them the gospel. Amen. It's just not what we're accustomed to, but we'll do it because that's what we're supposed to do. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let's stand together for prayer. Well, Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for salvation that we have through Christ. 
Thank you for a Savior who took time to go out of the way to reach the worst sinner in the city to show that the grace of God can reach to the bottom depths. And when that sinner's pulled up, they come up white as snow and declared not guilty and declared justified. Thankful for your amazing grace and salvation. And Father, we ask now in this time and this hour that you would speak to hearts in this invitation. If anybody here does not know Jesus, help them to come today and be saved. We ask and we pray.